Welcome to the Pause Purpose Play podcast with me, Michaela Thomas, clinical psychologist, couples therapist, and founder of The Thomas Connection. I help high-striving busy people let go of the pressure of perfection to create more joy, connection, and compassion in their lives. On this podcast, we promote balance of a burnout through giving you the permission to pause, the curiosity to find your purpose, and the courage to play. Hi, and welcome back to the Pause Purpose Play podcast with me, Michaela Thomas. This little episode will be all about connection, not perfection. So I need to start it by sharing something new to you that you may or may not know about this point. If you follow me on social media or you're in my Facebook group, Pause Purpose Play, you may know this already, that I am actually expecting my second child. So that means that recording these podcasts have been actually more, a lot more tricky over the last few months. For those of you who have experience of pregnancy will know that first trimester or the first three months of pregnancy can be quite tricky. You can feel quite fatigued and also things happen to your voice. I'm finding it a lot harder to do the podcast episodes without getting my mouth full of saliva and feeling like drooling. Right, so that's a little fun insight for you which this is about connection, not perfection, right? So I'm not here to give you a perfect image of me as a, an expert on a high horse. I'm here to connect with you guys, to help you understand that when we are vulnerable with our imperfections and share them to others, we often form a deeper connection with those who are aligned to us, those who are similar in mindset and have similar values. So you won't hear that on the podcast because kindly my podcast editor is editing out all the little coughs and uh, swallowing I am doing. But most of it is just me talking at you. So I don't rehearse these things. I just press play and talk. And today I want to talk to you a little bit about chapter 15 from my book, The Lasting Connection, which is named Connection Not Perfection. I've been thinking about this a lot over the last few months as I recently did a masterclass with the same name as well, about how... There is such a crossover between my two specialist areas of work, perfectionism and couples relationships. That when we put pressure on ourselves to be the perfect partner, to try to be everything that our partner wants, trying to kind of portray this facade of always being lovely and attractive and nice and all of these things, we actually really miss out on connection. We block our connection by not being ourselves, not being authentic and vulnerable with who we are. Much like I did in the beginning of this episode where I shared something about myself, something vulnerable, I'm wondering about how that made you feel when you were listening. Did you go, oh, congratulations to her? Or did you actually quite feel triggered by this? Maybe you've experienced difficulties around getting pregnant or infertility. So I wonder if we can think about this, that when people share vulnerable things, how it makes us feel to receive that and what that does for our connection in our relationships. When you try to be the perfect partner, your connection drifts and you get further apart. When you're embracing your imperfections, you have a greater chance of forming a deeper, meaningful bond with the person you love because they want to see who you are, warts and all. And I think the media has had a lot to answer for that. When we think about romantic comedies and love films that we see portraying this image that love between two people is always quite high energy, quite a lot of drama, and they're always passionately in love. 
whereas we know how love changes over time as much more of a stable, deeper friendship and connection in a way that doesn't necessarily rock the world the same way year after year. But it's about feeling safe and soothed and connected to each other, a deeper bond. And if we think that our love should be measured up against those unrealistic standards in the media, maybe someone else's social media highlights, or those romantic comedies which are staged, they're manuscripts, they're not real, then we're ending up feeling disappointed and thinking that our own love is falling short. So when you try to be the perfect partner, you'll feel disappointed and feel bad about yourself. And that's when the inner critic is going to come up and, and talk to you about saying you failed, you're not good enough, you're not attractive enough, they won't like you, they're going to leave you. And when you try to find the perfect partner, you will also end up feeling disappointment because that doesn't exist. Nobody is perfect. The person you're seeking is going to be as human as you are, which means that they're likely to make mistakes and mess up. And that might leave you feeling like they've fallen from the pedestal that you put them on into the pit where you feel that they're no good. So really look out for your own inner sense of things needing to be perfect, either in you or in your partner, and be aware of how that really blocks your ability to connect more deeply. And one thing I talk about in the book is of how we can bend to not break. Because what doesn't bend will actually break. Imagine holding a pencil in your hand, applying pressure to it. The pencil is hard, so if you press hard enough, it will snap because the pencil is rigid and not able to bend. Think of that as a metaphor for your rigid rules or fixed thoughts about your partner and how relationships should be or how you should be. And it's more likely that you'll break under pressure. So for instance, if my partner really cared for me, they would never be late home from work or a loving relationship should mean sex every week. They are examples of rigidly held beliefs. That if you then under pressure, like we've all been in the past year with the pandemic, or just anything in a life that's happening that puts strain on each partner or the relationship. If you then have those rigidly held rules, you're more likely to break. And imagine instead of holding that rigid pencil, which is the strict rules and the shoulds that you're having, instead of that you're holding a headphone cord. If you apply pressure to that cord, it bends and adapts. It will definitely get tangled up at times, because that's what all headphones tend to do. And even if there's sometimes a great deal of frustration involved, you still will be unable to untie those knots. If you have some flexibility instead of rigidity around your relationships, you can adapt to an ever-changing environment, and you might find yourself a bit more content with the relationship you have, with the person you are and the person you are in the relationship with. You might do what works best in any given situation and take that pressure off by bending more, adapting more, which lowers the likelihood of breakage. So to summarize that is, what bends does not break. So the perfectly imperfect couple, it's essentially one that is able to address some of these standards, some of these shoulds that we have in society and in the media, what romantic love should look like. And I want to really address the comparison trap there. Because I say that to compare is unfair and can leave you in despair. If we can become aware of these comparisons, which we all make, 
and how unfairly they're measuring up our entire relationship against snippets of the best bits of people's lives, we can settle into the imperfection that makes up any committed relationship. To compare is unfair because we tend to compare upwards, meaning that we're comparing ourselves with people we perceive to be quote-unquote better, rather than comparing downwards with people who might be worse off. So if you only compare your love and relationship with that sweet young couple in the early stages of dating, you might wonder what's wrong with your relationship and why you no longer queue at each other after 18 years of marriage. Just notice mindfully when you get caught up in comparisons, as it may leave you feeling worse, simply by how unfairly weighted that comparison is. You may be not comparing yourself to other people who've been married for 20 odd years, You're comparing yourself to someone in their early dating stages and thinking, why do they have all that romance when we don't? It's because to compare is unfair and can leave you in despair. So really be aware of when you walk into that comparison trap. Another concept I talk about in this chapter is making a mess. So actually being aware of that we all will make a mess, we will all make mistakes. We will eventually get things wrong, having been caught up in your threat system perhaps so that you've been so reactive and harmful rather than proactive and helpful that you may have shown up as a version of you with your partner that you don't like. If you want to be a kind person but find yourself saying something really unkind or unhelpful in your relationship, you then have opportunity for a repair, for a gentle return to what you believe is right, to who you want to be. So, To use the example of of the Disney film Frozen 2, the characters often talk about doing the next thing right. After they've made the wrong decisions, what's the next right thing to do after hurt has been caused? So if you want to have some inspiration around the courage to act in line with your values, you can watch that film for a simple message around it. And essentially, when we gently return to what we believe is right, that means that we gently, this is... um, Professor Kelly Wilson, who is the co-founder of Acceptance and Commitment Therapy, who coined this term of gently returning to things. That means that we are actually, when we're noticing we're drifting off course, acting away from our values, and then returning, which is really important, because it shows our commitment and dedication to doing what matters to us, doing the next thing right. The gentle part means that we do this return in a self-compassionate way rather than shaming and blaming ourselves when we get it wrong. If you beat yourself up for the mistakes you make within your relationship, it doesn't make you any less likely to make them again. In fact, the polar opposite. Because when we blame ourselves and we shame ourselves, it has an inverse relationship with accountability. This is based on the research by Brene Brown of how actually when we are experiencing a lot of shame, feel really bad about what we've done, It doesn't necessarily mean that we are making ourselves accountable for correcting that mistakes. It means that we want to hide away from it. And one way to think of this is that rather than having a perfect relationship, one would think that a marriage or long-term committed relationship with someone is essentially a lifetime of gentle returns to the next thing right. In this chapter, you have an exercise of what you can try to do when you make a mistake and how you can address your shoulds and soften them into coulds. So if you think things like, I should want to have sex more often, what's wrong with me? One can think a loving relationship should mean regular sex, but we can soften that into a could. 
A loving relationship could mean regular sex, but my partner and I have both been under stress from work and really tired. We can reconnect and be there for each other in other ways for now. We'll get back, back to the sexual intimacy soon enough. See, that's a lengthier phrase than I should want more sex. And when, generally, when it's lengthier, it new, has more nuance in it. It acknowledges the grey scale of life rather than being a rigid black and white statement that we often get caught up in when we have perfectionistic standards. We get caught up in all or nothing. So in this chapter, you can have a look at some of the should stories that you and your partner tell yourselves and how you get caught up in those stories instead of doing what feels right for you in your relationship. If you want to tune into the book a bit more, go and have a look at The Lasting Connection and dive deep into these exercises. Look at the stories that your minds are telling you and try to find ways of gently unhooking from these should stories. The book tells you more about how to do that so that you can focus on finding a good enough marriage or long-term relationship instead of that perfect wedding day or that perfect early stage. Because beyond the perfect wedding day lies the good enough marriage, the lifelong commitment together. And that's really important to hold in mind. If you found this chapter really interesting and you find it really helpful to address your own perfectionistic standards and maybe how to be kinder to yourself and kinder to your partner to have a deeper connection you can also dive into my new course the compassionate couple go to thethomasconnection.co.uk forward slash the compassionate couple to sign up now and i'll see you again soon and until then please do take care of yourself Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this episode. I know it's not easy when you feel busy and overwhelmed to find time for another thing to do. If this is you, if you feel overwhelmed or that you are close to your breaking point, then I've got a downloadable checklist for you that's going to help. This checklist is called Calm the Overwhelm. The first section has signs and symptoms of you being overwhelmed mentally or physically showing you that you might be close to breaking point or burning out. The second part is actionable, easy things you can do to try to slow down and give yourself a break. And the third part is a checklist of all the things that might show up when you're asking yourself to take a break. Perhaps your inner critical voice will have an opinion about why you're not allowed to give yourself the permission to pause. To download this free resource, go to www thethomasconnection.co.uk forward slash calm so that's thethomasconnection.co.uk forward slash calm this episode of the pause purpose play podcast was presented by me michaela thomas and you can find me on thethomasconnection.co.uk and because great work rests on having a great team This episode was kindly edited by Emily Crosby Media.